0: Dr. David Jacobs joins us to discuss where we're going in terms of RSV. It's everywhere. Way more kids in hospital right now. Going to hospital, yes, maybe being quickly released, but they're getting treated for RSV at our hospitals. It's overflowing our emergency rooms. We've sung this song before. This movie's been seen before. So what fixes it now And we talk about the potential for more masking in society, where it may benefit us, where it may harm us. And we'll also talk about the debate about immunity debt and immunity gap. Dr. David Jacobs on 640 Toronto and Toronto Today. You put one of these uh, tweet threads out Friday night, overnight, going into Saturday. I know you just got off a shift a few hours ago as well. So I appreciate you're doing this with a, a certain level of, of no doubt fatigue. What did you see and, and what were some of the highlights of what you saw Friday going into Saturday on the COVID floors right now? So it's interesting.
1: I, I'm not on the floors. I'm reading out the images. Um, and what we're seeing with regards to COVID is really... Nothing like we had seen previously. So it's been a couple of months now where we're really not seeing the same uh, COVID pneumonias, not in the elderly, not in the young. They're just not occurring anymore.
0: And, but RSV is, the, uh, that's what I was quoting the numbers earlier, 118, uh, K, 118 kids in uh, in pediatric uh, intensive care units and five are testing positive for covid This feels like it's almost exclusively RSV now, something we're no stranger to, but we've never seen it in this volume. Well, so here's
1: what's interesting, and this is what I was trying to get at uh, in that particular post, is that there are still a lot of COVID cases, but the distribution has changed and the presentation has changed. So when people say, oh, well, people are still dying of COVID. Yes, they are, Mm -hmm. but it's not like it had been previously. So what we're seeing is the very frail elderly, people who are coming in from nursing homes, who have Cardiac disease, who have renal disease, who are very fragile, those people are catching COVID as they would catch an pneumonia or as they would catch influenza, and they are unfortunately succumbing to the disease. But we're not seeing it tearing through the general population like we had previously. What we are seeing, or more more precisely, the emergency physicians and the pediatricians are seeing, is a tremendous rush of. Uh, patients with RSV. And these are uh, five and under make up the bulk of those
0: patients. Dr. David Jacobs, our guest on Toronto Today. With what you know anecdotally, with the people you speak to, how much of a distinction gets made with the lack of cold and cough medicine that we have that would keep some of those kids with RSV uh, at home and nursing themselves better? Every parent's gone through it. A young, you know, we've all done it and, and we keep our kids home for three or four days and then there's improvement. But parents are probably a little panicky given the lack of cold and cough medicine to service exactly that RSV.
1: Well, so it's a multifactorial problem. So certainly if you don't have the medications that you need to bring a child's fever down, it's, you know, it's, it's very, uh, it's terrifying for parents and most and many of these are new parents, Mm -hmm. I have to remember, and that's, that's always difficult. So you've got um, media Uh, weighing in on this. You have a lot of these children ending up in the ICU. So the parents are certainly going to be concerned about that. Uh, And it does result in a lot of parents bringing their children into the emergency room. Uh, What the emergency room doctors have conveyed to me is that the kids are coming in, they're getting assessed, they're getting swabbed, and they're being sent on their way um so the vast majority of kids that come in are not going to stay in hospital but given the large number that are coming that are presenting to the hospital even that small trickle results in the wards getting filled up with patients now as to the question of would uh would having tylenol readily available help uh, of course it would
0: yeah have you ever seen something quite like this? Where uh, I didn't want to believe it two weeks ago, Doctor Jacobs. The idea someone brought to me that well, the the fact that it needs to be labeled in English and French is a big factor as to why we've got a delay. And I'm like, you're kidding. But every every bit of evidence points to the fact that it's a huge factor. It's ridiculous.
1: Well, it, it it's a struggle. Um, certainly, and if it's a labeling issue, you wonder if you can't somehow have a, a, some sort of supervisory body print uh, labels on stickers and put them on. I mean, it, it, obviously, you can't stick a wrong label on a medication jar, but th- th- there there are ways around this, and um, it, it's, it, it boggles the mind that the government... Has not been able to sort this out. And this is a federal issue at this point.
0: Dr. David Jacobs, our guest, um, I, you've done such a great job advocating for this. I, I try it also. Those in our vulnerable population without boosters, Um, we've just we've just feel like we've lost the room on messaging and that at all the important times there's many European countries that are congratulating themselves, even the UK right now, because they've had what they deem a successful booster campaign and program. Where did we fall down on this? How did this happen that we didn't (laughs) we're arguing we're arguing about masks on five year olds when we should be talking about boosters for 75 year olds?
1: Well, absolutely. The the most effective weapon we have against influenza and we have against COVID are boosters. Those those are really what we need to be pushing and what the population needs to be uh, taking. Um, Where did we fall down? Well, there's a certain level of exhaustion on the population. Uh, Uptake of influenza shots has always been relatively limited compared to the Population that requires them. Um, and then, in terms of COVID particularly, uh, there is a three month cooling off period between when you had COVID and when you get your next booster. And with that cooling off period and so many people getting COVID, that also limits the number of people who are eligible to actually get the vaccine. So, again, it, it, there, there are multiple factors, but I, I have to think that a certain amount of burnout is, is a biggest factor.
0: Yeah, I feel it. I, I don't doubt it. And for people, um, you know, doing what you do, um, you must feel burned out at times. You have to.
1: Well, I, I'm just getting off of a shift, so probably
0: it's the wrong time best to ask. You've <laughs> you made the point as well, Dr. Jacobs, about the distinction between immunity debt and exposure debt. There's some people that don't like the term immunity debt, but I'm I'm listening to the experts that say given how isolated we were, given how we shut the world down for twenty-four plus months, we were bound bound to not expose, especially younger people, um, to more pathogens. And then when we let them out and we expose them, we get sort of that perfect storm like we're having right now. Is there anything to that in your mind?
1: Well, so here here's the thing. There are a lot of terms that are being coined and tossed around and a lot of theories. Many of them are absolute garbage. So there are two competing theories that are apps that 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 are just bunk. Uh, the one theory is that COVID has resulted in uh, some sort of immunosuppression amongst children. There's nothing to support that. Uh, there's no studies. There's no evidence. So that's one side that's being pushed. Another uh, bit of uh, garbage science that's being pushed is that somehow masks have. Decreased or ha, have impacted our immune system. That's absolute bunk. There's an, no a it, nothing way you to mean, support that. In a yeah, negative oh, way. Oh, in, 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 exactly. Right. Masks have somehow harmed our immune system. There's no truth to that either. So, COVID hasn't impacted our immune system, uh, masks haven't had a negative impact on our immune system most likely what is going on with this big crush of rsv the simplest way to think about it is think about what happened when covid was introduced to the world it tore across the world right Mm -hmm. because nobody had been exposed to it before everyone was susceptible well similarly masks are effective uh, and all of the isolation is effective and what that has done is it's prevented uh children who are two and a half and under from ever being exposed to RSV. Now, and remember, RSV for the most part, uh, children are first exposed to it in their first three years of life. Right. So now you have an entire population that's being exposed to RSV all at once. So similar to COVID, it's going to tear through the population.
0: What's your expectation from Dr. Moore today? And what do you think the public's reaction will be?
1: Well, uh, you know what? I really have to be very careful about second guessing Dr. Moore. Dr. Moore has, um, you know, we've got to follow what he suggests. Uh, Dr. Moore has access to all of the information uh, and he is, and this is his area of expertise. So whatever he suggests is what we should be following at this point. He's been very balanced in his approach. Uh, I expect he's going to strongly recommend that we all mask indoors, uh, at least for the next four weeks. Uh, and I strongly suggest that he's going to uh, be even more forceful with regards to uh, the more vulnerable populations. We may see a return to masking in school., uh, My general feeling with all of
0: this, but not is man that- not mandated for schools.
1: That I can't say, but I suspect not. Um, But right now, remember, we do have mandates. You are mandated to wear a mask when you go into the hospital. So don't think that we're done with mandates. We're not. Uh, So we'll see what happens uh, with that. But again, I just urge people to respect what he has to say. He's always been very balanced.
0: Dr. Jacobs, thanks for doing what you do and your messaging on our show today. I appreciate the time. My pleasure. Talk soon. There's Dr. David Jacobs uh, joining us.